0: Love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits—they're all fair game. It's sports media mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip.
1: Hello everybody and welcome into a fresh edition of the Sports Media Mayhem Podcast. My name is Alex Reimer, and it's a pleasure to be with you here on this Thursday. Thursday, October 20th. Ooh, as we creep up towards the end of October, creep up towards Halloween. Spooky season indeed. And I think something very spooky is happening to Mac Jones. Ooh, how do you like that a little transition, huh? Yes, yeah, something very spooky indeed, because I think Mac Jones, ladies and gentlemen is the subject of a Patriots smear campaign. But before I get into that, I want to tell you, of course, that my name is Alex Reamer, as you heard in our great opening, and you can subscribe to the Sports Media Mayhem podcast wherever you can find your favorite podcasts. We are available on Spotify, Apple, Google. You know the drill. Download, listen, rate, subscribe. So, yes, the Mac Jones smear campaign is our big topic this week. Coming up in a few minutes, I'm going to speak with Dakota Randall, who covers the Patriots for Nessen and Nessen.com about all of this, because I'm really struggling to make sense of it. If you go back to the summer, which was just a few months ago, believe it or not, we were inundated with reports before training camp and certainly during training camp about Mac Jones and how in shape he looks and how Kendrick Bourne said this, Belichick said this even, that Mac Jones is way ahead of where he was last year. So that's what we all got heading into the summer. Then training camp happens. Mac Jones struggles a bit, shows some frustration with this Matt Patricia, Joe Judge-led offense, then struggles through his first three games of the season, though I think his game against Baltimore, despite the three picks, was actually pretty good, and the Patriots' offense looked like they were turning a corner then, which they've only continued to do the next three weeks. Um, Then Jones, of course, goes down with the high ankle sprain, and there are some murmurs, and we talked about it a few weeks ago on the show that the Patriots seemingly wanted him to have that tightrope surgery on his ankle sprain that Tua tungo and Jalen Hurts, who were both ahead of him at Alabama, had. Tua returned in less than a month after that surgery. Mac Jones, remember that weird Adam Schefter tweet too, in which he reported out Jones's high ankle sprain, but then said that's an injury that. Would cause most to have surgery, Schefter said that, which was very curious at the time. Clearly, he got that from somewhere, I'm guessing the team. But then we know, Jones doesn't get the surgery, he goes for the second opinion, Zappi beats the Lions, plays well against the Browns, and frankly, matches Mac Jones against the Browns. Zappi's numbers against Cleveland last Sunday, nearly identical to Mac Jones's best game as a pro. Uh, Of course, it came against the Starry Browns, whereas Joneses came against the Titans, who are a playoff caliber team, but that's besides the point. Is it zappy hour, zappy fever? Well, the media has certainly caught some zappy fever because suddenly, and this even started to happen before Sunday, but suddenly we start reading reports about Mac Jones's attitude and how there's a rift between Mac Jones and the Patriots. Albert Breer, NFL writer for Sports Illustrated, said on NBC Sports Boston's pregame show Sunday that things have, quote, gone sideways in the Patriots' relationship with Mac. Mike Florio published a post on Pro Football Talk Sunday as well, in which he said, quote, there are uncharacteristic rumblings about the Patriots and Jones and that Joe Judge, who of course is now the quarterback's coach, prefers Bailey Zappi. Hmm. Where is all this stuff coming from? Doug Kayad, who used to cover the Patriots, now covers uh, the NFL for pro football focus, tweeted Wednesday that Mac Jones is 85 to 90% better, and if he doesn't play next week against the Bears, that's the team's decision. Wow. So what in the world is going on here? Clearly, there is some sort of smear campaign against Mac Jones. People around the Patriots, or maybe just a person around the Patriots, is not a fan of Mac Jones, wants to knock him down a level, Whatever it is, somebody is feeding Breer, is, fe- is feeding Florio, this kind of stuff, and then you have the Doug Kayad report Wednesday, which I think pretty clearly comes from Mac Jones's camp. Like, hey, hey, our guy is ready. He's 85 to 90% of the way there, and if he doesn't play Monday night against a sorry Bears team, then that's the team's decision, not his. Throwing all the onus, of course, on the Patriots, and there was some foreshadowing, here to this, Mike Lombardi, if you remember, after Jones's start against the Ravens, in which, again, he threw three interceptions, Mike Lombardi went on his podcast and lambasted Mac Jones, called into question his football character, his skill level, you're not that skilled, is a direct quote from Mike Lombardi. And Lombardi, a longtime Belichick toady and confidant, has a habit of speaking on behalf of Bill. And when he released that podcast, myself and others dug into it and said, ooh, is this how some members of the Patriots coaching staff secretly feel about Mac Jones and some of the frustrations he's expressed earlier this season and him maybe not buying in with Patricia and Judge? And yes, 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 yes. I think it's very fair to say now, with the Mac Jones smear campaign in full force, that Mike Lombardi was speaking, maybe not directly on behalf of Belichick, but on behalf of somebody Or some people within the Patriots organization on the Patriots coaching staff, because man, that's some foreshadowing, right? Lombardi rips into Mac Jones, and now we're reading all of these reports about Mac Jones and his attitude and how he needs to be knocked down a peg. Uh, Belichick, of course, isn't providing any clarity about Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. He could end all of this conversation in a second if he just said, What are you guys talking about? Mac is our quarterback, he'll be there when he's healthy. It's what he did with Cam Newton all the time in 2020. When Cam Newton sucked, he did it with Tom Brady after he pulled him in 2014 against the Chiefs on that Monday night. Belichick laughed in Mike Giardi's face when he brought up whether he would would reevaluate the quarterback position. But Belichick, for whatever reason, is staying mum on this one, letting the speculation fester. And we contrast those reports, which again, I think are clearly coming from somebody or some people within the Patriots organization, with how the Patriots are presenting it publicly. And publicly, it's all good. Joe Judge on Wednesday praised Mac Jones to reporters. Quote, he showed great leadership this weekend. He really did. You always want a guy like Mac as a captain on the team. You want him down there. You want him with the team. You want him in uniform. He wasn't available this week for certain reasons, but I'd say having him down there was a very positive impact on the team. It was good for the other players. Hmm, Judge is reportedly a zappy guy, but he's singing Mac Jones's praises uh, pretty good there. And then Jason McCourty on NFL Network Wednesday said that he was at a charity event Monday and everybody on the team loves Mac Jones and Bailey Zappy. Love them both. So the Patriots, we have this perception of the New England Patriots being above the noise, above this media feeding frenzy. But they're feeding the noise and then some when it comes to Mac Jones. So I'll talk about that in a few minutes, a little more in depth with Dakota Randall. This stuff always fascinates me. Uh, On the Greg Hill Show, Wednesday, Ben Volan, former guest, a guest of this program who covers the Patriots for the Boston Globe, also piled on. He added that Judge is a zappy guy. And he said that People within the Patriots organization think that Mac Jones needed to be knocked down a peg. He has an attitude problem, Ben Volan says. Well, it turns out Ben Volan's sourcing may have been from a hoax DM. Uh, It's a bit of a convoluted story, but just to summarize it here, a Patriots fan DM'd Ben Volan saying he has a buddy who works over at Gillette Stadium selling season ticket packages and he heard they went with Hoyer over Zappi against Green Bay initially to appease Mac, whose camp made it very clear that he didn't want Zappi to jump in, thought I'd pass along so that, quote, haters, get off your back, the DMer said to Ben Volan, and, well, <laughs> what would you know? Ben Volan goes on WEI, he goes on the Greg Hill Show, and says that Mac Jones is, has an attitude and there's unhappiness around the Patriots about Mac Jones and said attitude. Did Volan get his rumination from the Twitter DM? He was a little cloudy on sourcing, saying it was somebody who does not cover the Patriots, but didn't specify who it really was. So, I don't know. It's it's a murky situation. I would hope that Volan or anybody who gets that kind of DM would do some reporting and some double-checking to see if this is legit. Like, I don't know, maybe ask the person for his buddy's name, his buddy's contact info, so at the least you can verify that he works for the season ticket department at Gillette Stadium. But if Volan didn't do any of that and just went on the Greg Hill Show and spouted off that DM like he got that information from a legitimate source, uh, yeah, that's, that's worse than a smear campaign. That's just bad reporting. So it's always interesting, always interesting with the Patriots, is it not? We'll see how it how this unfolds. And it's also getting really interesting with Daniel Snyder, who is now telling NFL owners to go against ESPN. Our man Seth Wickersham and Don Van Natta Jr., two great investigative reporters, published a bombshell piece about Daniel Snyder last week on ESPN.com saying the embattled commander's owner has dug up dirt on other NFL owners and Roger Goodell. And he's using that dirt as leverage in his fight to keep the team amidst the congressional inquiry and the NFL inquiry into gross and years-long workplace misconduct, including sexual harassment and sexual misconduct from Daniel Snyder within the Washington organization. So Snyder is railing against ESPN. He released this letter to owners Wednesday, quote, While we are all fierce competitors on the field, we are a part of this organization because we love football, our teams, and our fans. Having the privilege to own a franchise in America's sport is something I know none of us take for granted. Falsehoods and lies being spread about any of our organizations hurts our league, our players, and our fans, and we simply cannot let them go unchallenged. So, sounds like Daniel Snyder, a call to arms for NFL owners. Now, Jim Irsay, interestingly enough, owner of the Colts, Said Tuesday at the owners' meetings, he thinks there's merit to ousting Snyder. And it's great that Jim Ursay said that, given his his history <laughs> with prescription drugs and all of that. And he has not exactly uh, uh, carried over, carried, uh, you know, had the uh, utmost uh, standing at times um, among NFL owners, to say the least. So it's quite funny that he's the one who publicly calls it Daniel Snyder. And it's also worth noting that Robert Kraft, who Just donated $50 million to MGH for healthcare equity. Married Friday. Robert Kraft does a lot of good in the world. When he was asked about Daniel Snyder, he demurred. He wouldn't lift his face up from his iPhone. He said, you'll have to ask the other owners what they think and offered no further comment. So it is interesting that Robert Kraft, it's worth noting, almost always spouts the NFL party line. He did it in 2015 when he went on CBS this morning, or was it 14? I believe it was 14. Yes, 2014, he went on CBS this morning before opening night and defended the way Roger Goodell handled the Ray Rice probe. Remember that. Kraft ultimately accepted the draconian deflate gate penalties, and then in 2017, voted to give Goodell a new contract and much more money. And he did the same this time around as a member of the compensation committee. And once again, he faced resistance from Jerry Jones who reportedly told Kraft to not F with him. Jerry Jones has been against Roger Goodell's last two deals, stemming, I think, from the Ezekiel Elliott suspension that Jones was very miffed about at the time. But Robert Kraft, after Deflategate, votes to give Goodell new contracts, more money than ever. Roger Goodell has made in the neighborhood of $120 million over the last two years. And Rob Kraft is a big reason why. So it is always interesting with Robert Kraft that... For all the positive that you say about him, and there's so much positive to say, and all the good he's done. When it comes to issues like this, he almost always spouts the party line. He's a he's about protecting the shield above all else. So enough of me blabbering. Let's get on to more of the Mac Jones Smear campaign with Dakota Randall, who covers the Patriots for Nesson and Nesson.com. He's coming up on the other side. It's a sports media mayhem. Thank you as always for listening. And and welcome back to the show. As I was saying in the open, I really want to dive into this Mac Jones stuff, this avalanche of uh, a smear campaign that's unfolding here. And to help me break it down, we bring on Dakota Randall, who covers the Patriots for Nesson and Nesson.com. Hi, Dakota. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for coming on with the mic and everything. Like I love a man who comes prepared. Um, So I spent some time earlier in the show talking about this. I want to get your take since you cover the team daily. Please help me understand this Mac Jones stuff. So Bailey Zappi plays one decent game against the lions. I'm not even talking about what happened Sunday against Cleveland yet because Sunday morning, Albert Breer comes out on NBC Boston's pregame show and says that Mac's relationship with the Patriots has gone a little sideways, whatever that means. Mike Florio Sunday morning as well, publishes a post that I think went under the radar at the time, but he also said that there are uncharacteristic rumblings, but the Patriots and Mac Jones and that Joe judge prefers Zappi again, this happened before Bailey Zappi played an actual good game against the Browns. So what, what do you make of all this? It seems like this happened very suddenly.
0: It is it's, it's become, it's taken on a life of its own and it's a kind of a really strange situation to unpack. And I think there's a lot of different angles to it. and, And, you know, specifically about like the Mac Jones you know, attitude or, or, or relationship with the team or them sending a message. So, you know, would the Patriots want to humble Mac Jones or send him a message. I mean, yeah, you know, they did that for 20 years with Tom Brady, who was the sixth round pick and the greatest quarterback in NFL history. We've heard countless stories about Bill Belichick calling him out meetings, all that stuff. Why wouldn't they do it with a millennial first round pick? Like that seems, and I know,
1: Millennial or Gen Z? He might actually be Gen Z, believe it or not. It's a
0: good point. I'm not up in my generation. (laughs) I don't know how it works, but young, right? And, you know, I think Belichick's definitely softened in recent years, but I still don't think he's beyond, you know, trying to keep someone like that in check. So I believe that. And then as far as, you know, sending him a message, I think any of us who were, you know, at training camp this summer uh, following Mac Jones, I mean, it was clear. He was very frustrated, uh, and I think deservedly so. I think it was fair for him to wonder why are we making all these changes to the offense, the coaching, all this, given how good I did last year in my first season. Um, and then you saw the frustrations continue during the regular season, and I think the frustration kind of bled into his play. Um, and so I do think you know there was kind of a message to be sent there. And and Albert Breer, you know, listen, I mean, it's a guy who. You know, he's got a pretty strong track record. I don't think he, he's making that up. You know, I you know, I think was, his specific thing was that the Patriots are saying, you know, look at what Bailey Zappi's doing in this offense that apparently you don't trust. Um, You know, look at it. It clearly works. And, you know, I think that is a message that maybe did need to be sent to him because, you know, whether smoke, there's fire. I believe some of it. But, you know, then once you get into some of the more character shots on Mac Jones and the, the humbling and the attitude adjustment, that's yeah. where I, I think it goes off the rails. But all the other stuff, you know, I think there's certainly validity to it.
1: Yeah, we had Ben Volan, who was on the Greg Hill Show uh, Wednesday morning, talking about how he had a DM from somebody, kind of ambiguous about it, which I think is what you're referring to. But I mean, yeah, so I just wonder what this stuff like. So obviously, there are anti-Mac people around the Patriots, the NFL, who are feeding this stuff to Breer, Florio, etc. But, you know, it's just hard to conceptualize that the Patriots, we view them as, you know, they don't pay attention to any of the media stuff, no noise. But This is the quintessential example of kind of feeding the noise. So I don't know. It's an interesting dichotomy.
0: I I agree. And I was thinking about this earlier that it's, you know, maybe I just wasn't paying attention when I was younger. Maybe it's just different with social media and Twitter, but I just don't remember the Patriots being nearly this leaky when I was growing up, all these rumors, all this speculation, and not just like, not just Adam Schefter coming out with someone, but seemingly everybody getting a little bit of dirt. And you know, for me, I, I sort of feel like it really started back when that initial Seth Wickersham report came out about Brady and the, and the you know, the whole friction there. You know, maybe there was some before and I just missed it, but it feels like ever since then, you know, there's just all this kind of stuff comes out about the Patriots all the time. And yeah, it's, you wonder what the motivations are, where it's all coming from. And again, a lot of really, you know, reputable, highly respected reporters put out this kind of stuff and I don't think they're making it up. So I, it is interesting. I, I I don't know what the motivations are um, yeah, it's, it is kind of weird.
1: It's like an avalanche, you know, one drip comes out of the faucet and then it just goes on fall. It's like, it's, 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 it's like, it's almost like a pylon at this point. Yeah.
0: And I also think, you know, Belichick is responsible for some of this too. I wrote a thing about it earlier this week that he's been offered numerous times over the last few weeks. You know, he's been offered to stand by Mac Jones or publicly backing right. as a starting quarterback, like he did back in 2014. When people asked after that Chiefs game, you know, are you thinking about going to Garoppolo? And he just laughed in their face. Situations aren't perfectly analogous. But still, he didn't have a problem with it back then. And he just hasn't taken the bait any time over the last few weeks. And all that's done is continue to fuel the speculation, create these distractions. And maybe he just doesn't care anymore. Maybe there is some sort of ulterior motive motivating Mac Jones. Maybe he's considering Zappi. I don't know. But it's weird that he seems so content with just letting all this talk go on and being asked about it every day.
1: Yeah. I mean, Cam Newton in 2020, how many times did Belichick say that Cam was their quarterback, despite him, you know, barely being able to throw the ball five yards. Uh, um, So, but yeah, so I was going to ask you, what do you make of Belichick being continually noncommittal? He was again Wednesday about, you know, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. I mean, my read on that is that that's not that unusual to me. I think Belichick does want to use this against Mac Jones um, I don't think that's uncharacteristic of Bill, but all these leaks may be, but yeah, what's your take on him being, uh, so wishy-washy?
0: You know, I do think at the end of the day, um, I do think it's about, you know, sending some sort of a message or, you know, just kind of keeping Mac in check a little bit. Cause again, he did this with Brady all the time. So I just think, you know, this is an opportunity to do it for Mac, um, for the reasons that we talked about earlier, because at the end of the day, like, I just don't think they're going to go with Bailey Zappi. Uh, I think back Jones is clearly the better quarterback. I think, you know, people just sort of gloss over like, yeah, it's against the Lions and and the Browns, but he's playing well. It's like, no, those are two atrocious teams. Um and I think especially if you watch Bailey Zappy during training camp, you know, it was awful. I mean, it was oh, really, really it was it, it was a you know a joke every day. You know, there was it was interceptions all the time, hospital balls, like he'd have one good pass and the next one was sailing into the stands hitting fans. Oh wow. It was all over the place, um, you know, and 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 that continued during the, the, during the preseason. He threw an interception in every preseason game. I mean, this is the same guy who threw an interception to Isaiah Zuber, who used to be a Patriots receiver. I mean, he was awful during the summertime, which is why a lot of us covering the team are like, I can't believe that this is going the way it is. And I don't even know if they expected, if the Patriots expected it to, because before the Packers game, I talked to Joe Judge and I was like, you know, do you think Bailey Zappi is ready to be a primary backup? Because right now, if you haven't signed a practice squad quarterback, it looks like Brian Hoyer and Zappi, is he ready for that? And he kind of paused and was like, that would be a pretty big assumption on my part. Kind of like the like, wow question. And, I, and then he went on to kind of give, you know, he said good things about Zappi, which he has kind of throughout all, the, you know, since he came here, but it, he started it with yeah, that would be a pretty big assumption. And then look what's happened. So I don't even know if they expected
1: this. And now we read, again, from Florio, and Ben Volen said this today on EEI, that uh, Joe Judge is a Bailey Zappy guy over Mac Jones. And you're saying just a few weeks ago, he was saying, you know, assumption to assume he could even back up. Crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah I don't, you know, and again, maybe he was just given a Patriots answer. I don't know. But it just, it, maybe he it was just tempering expectations, which sure. is fair. But I think, yeah, I, you know, that's why I look at that one. I'm like. And also just the film doesn't lie. I mean, you look at it, the Patriots aren't asking Bailey Zabby to do very much, uh, you know, especially in that lions game. Like they get down in the red zone and I think his like net yardage was minus yeah. five, meaning like yep. he just wasn't playing the ball anywhere. And, no. and I, I think the Patriots have to believe that Mac ultimately gives them a higher ceiling. So I don't know if I buy that Joe judge is a Zappy guy. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just that he's that he's come here. He wasn't here last year. This is his first year back. Mm-hmm. Bailey Zappy is a rookie. He's maybe has a fondness for him, but I don't know about preferring Bailey over Mac. That's yeah, I'm
1: yeah. And and this is interesting too to look at fan reaction. I mean, we know that fans are obviously very reactionary, but this shows it, right? I mean, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are, I think, largely rightfully killed. All summer, earlier the season, these guys are failures. They're Belichick suck-ups. They're toadies. They don't know what they're doing. And now, two good games against the Lions and Browns, and it's oh, Bailey Zappi's a yes sir, no sir kind of guy. Max giving them attitude. This you got to trust the system. It's like wow, it really was easy to turn you all back into the Patriots pom pom waivers.
0: Right, right. It just it just shows that everybody just lives in the moment and nobody really looks ahead for this kind of stuff or just tries yeah. to look in the future. And it, I mean it. It's true. I, I the, People have kind of talked about these last few weeks, like, oh, it validates Matt Patricia right. as a play caller. And it's like, no, it, you know, it doesn't. Again, they're facing the Browns and the Lions who are inept in many, in many ways. Like, I just don't put too much stock into it. Do I think that the coaching has gotten better since the start of the season? Yeah. And, again, I think that, you know, the, the whole plan of making those guys part of the offense was rightfully criticized. But you also are talking about, you know, two guys that know a ton about football have been head coaches, so that counts for something. And so they were always, I think, going to find a groove and get better. Like, I never thought it was going to be an abject disaster, but to suggest that it's come all this way and now, like you said, the conversation's flipped where it's like, oh, maybe Mac was the problem and he just wasn't trusting this coaching that maybe was good all along. Like, I'm not buying that. I think everybody is is kind of getting way ahead of themselves
1: yeah and i think frankly i mean the ravens game mac threw the three picks but the patriots looked much better in that game than they did the previous two weeks i mean they went toe-to-toe with baltimore um but speaking of that ravens game it is interesting that right after that mike lombardi you probably remember came out on his podcast and really just eviscerated mac jones's football character blaming him for turnovers challenging him saying you're not that good you're not that skilled and at the time I was curious, like, okay, is Mike Lombardi speaking on behalf of the Patriots coaching staff? And now with all these anti-Mac rumblings, it seems like maybe he was.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, and he's always sort of been seems like he's speaking for Belichick in some ways. I know he's very close for Belichick, close with Belichick. Um, and that he's been a huge Belichick backer throughout the years. Um, and so I'm not saying that he's doing that in this instance. Maybe he's it's coming from other coaches. But I agree. Like the the tea leaves all point toward someone in that building. It, it isn't happy with what Mac Jones is doing. Uh, you know, someone with with some sort of influence. And yeah, I mean that Mike Lombardi stuff was interesting at the time. I think he was wrong to some degree. And and, and if you know someone with the Patriots was feeding him that, I would have disagreed as well. I don't think. You know, I don't think a lot of those interceptions were on Mac, especially in that game. I mean, the last one, the third one was just a garbage time pick. One of them was Devontae Parker just sort of giving right. up on a route. And then the other one, I think, was a miscommunication. Like, I, I just disagreed with that criticism from the start. But I think your theory that, yeah, you know, maybe the same person that was giving Mike Lombardi that sort of sentiment is the same person talking to Albert Breer, talking to some of these other people that are putting out these similar sort of, you know, reports or, or, or segments.
1: Now, we have the Mac Jones side of this. I thought it was very interesting that your former colleague at Nesson Doug Kayad, tweeted that Mac Jones is currently 85 to 90%, and it's up to the team whether he plays against the Bears. So that, to me, reads that, number one, that's coming from Mac's people, and number two, this is a legit back and forth because obviously somebody close to the Jones camp or in the Jones camp felt like we need to feed to reporters that no Mac is ready to come back and if he doesn't play Monday it's the team it's not him
0: yeah and you know I do think you know if you're Mac you you want to get back out there and if it is true that he was maybe pushing to play or thought he could play in some of the previous games which always felt like a stretch to me given I mean I've had a really bad high ankle sprain I don't I've never had NFL level like treatment but it was really hard to stand I would have been surprised (laughs) if he played especially the week afterward but you know he. (laughs) he's got to hear some of this stuff going on. He's if he's a competitor, he wants to make sure he keeps his job. I mean, he's not Tom Brady. He's only one year into the league. He's not above have, you know, being replaced, having his job taken. So I'm sure he wants to get out there. And I do think, you know, this game, what the Patriots do here is really interesting because I think there's an argument to be made for letting Mac Jones sit another week and just getting fully healthy. Because you don't need him against the Bears. You should be able to beat the Bears with Garrett Gilbert out there at quarterback. Yeah, they're terrible. They're and so bad. Yeah, but I also think there's an argument for giving him a soft landing. You know, let him go out against the Bears who are terrible. Let him kind of pick up where Bailey Zappi left off. Have a strong game. Because all of a sudden, that Jets road game the next weekend doesn't look like a total cupcake. If You know, just imagine if Matt goes out in that game, if Bailey Zappi plays against the Bears. And then Mac Jones comes back against the Jets. And then it kind of reverts to what we saw early in the season. Turnovers, really sluggish. Patriots only score 7 to 14 points or something like that. I mean, the noise is going to get, you know, really loud. And I don't know, maybe the Patriots ultimately don't care about that stuff. But I got to believe some of them do. So I think there's there's a case to be made for both him not playing this weekend and playing. And it's why I ultimately
1: think he is going to play this week. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to find out. If they're if they're Mac Jones people, and if Mac Jones is ninety percent and feel and can play this week, then yeah, I think it is telling because if Z- that's a Monday night game, if and when the Patriots go out and demolish the Bears and Zappy looks good again or all right, uh, it's going to be hard to get off the Zappy train. I think it's going to be totally rolling away, and it's going to be a runaway train at that point. So, yeah, I, I I agree,
0: and I also think it's interesting. You know, what if he goes? What if Mac plays this weekend or plays on Monday? And it just doesn't look good in the first half, which, well, you know, again, he might be rusty, like, you know, but imagine if there are a chance at Gillette Stadium of Zappy, Zappy from the crowd. You know, I, I think it was on uh, the Greg Hill show where Courtney was talking about, she was at whatever that charity event was the other night, maybe it was a bowling event and that Mac and Bailey were both there. Um, and I think she said that, you know, Bailey, Zappy was introduced to the crowd and they went nuts. And then when Mac was introduced, it just really wasn't any reception. And she really? said it was extremely awkward. Uh, you know, imagine if that played out, you know, on an even bigger stage at Gillette Stadium. I mean, it it could get weird here pretty
1: quickly. Uh, Let's hope Mac Jones, the millennial or Gen Zer can handle it. The pressure (laughs) is on. Uh, Dakota, good to connect, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having me on.